The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Ketubot has been dedicated by our dear friend Mr. Elliot Shasho. Hashem Yishmineu Vehayehu. May the Zikrut of the Limud of Masechet Ketubot stand for him that he should have Be'ajat Hashem, Ashana Tovam Borechet, Osher Ve'osher Ve'chavod, Shalom Bayit, Ve'atzlacha Be'chol Ma'asei Yadav, and Be'ajat Hashem may he continue to be a supporter of Torah and all holy uh, projects. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by Mr. Victor Gindi, Hashem Yishmeru V'chayehu, for continued Hatzlacha in all his uh, endeavors, continued success, Bidiut, health, happiness, and all good things. Amen. Today's daf is being studied. Today's daf is being studied. Yosef ben Sarah, Rahamim ben Adel ben Sarah, Bat Rachel, in the Refanadem of Shalamu Israel, Ben Muhammad, wa Aslahat Yosef ben Simha. We are studying on Samech Alef Hamud Sheni, and we start on the bottom line at Talmidim Yotzin le Talmud. We learned in the Mishnah that the students are able to go leave their homes to go study Torah for a maximum of 30 days without getting permission from their wives. So the Gemara says, Birshut Kama. Well, if they get permission, then how long do they go for? So the Gemara says, Kama Deba'eh. Which means, you know, as much as they want. If they get permission, so they watch, can tell them to go, go as long as you want. So the Gemara says, which means, Deba'eh. So the Gemara says, Urhad, what do you mean, Deba'eh? Deba'eh, Deba'eh. There's Onad, the lady has to, it gets conjugal rights. So when you say, you can go as much as you want, which is Deba'eh, Deba'eh. So the Gemara says, no, Urhad, Deba'eh. But what's the Deba'eh? Which means, we don't want the person over here, uh, uh, to coax his wife into giving him permission and take advantage. Yeah. Which is, what's, what's the normal derech eretz when a wife's giving permission? How much did you take? You know, she's going to tell you 22 years. You know, that's already you're taking advantage. Which, yeah, there's got to be a certain cutoff point that's within the realm of derech eretz where even if, you, if, you, if she gives you permission, but that's, uh, that's it. So, Amarav, Chodesh Khan, Ve Chodesh Bebayit. One month in the yeshiva, one month home. Which means uh, alternate one day, one day. Shin Emar, and the Gemara brings a source. This is a pasuk in the times of the Vina Melech. Lechol Devar Machlekot Ba'a Ba'yotzet Chodesh Bechodesh Lechol Chodesh Hashana. So the simple interpretation is that David had, uh, you know, different uh, 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 a rotation of uh, servicemen that worked every month. Every month a different rotation, different group. But that doesn't help us. We're looking that one month home and one month there. So that she comes along and says that from the Pasuk language, It's mashma that when one group came, another group went home. And then when that group came back, another group went home. So therefore, they were alternating one month, which means there was a, there was six uh, uh, groups over here uh, that were, let's say, in the White uh, David and six that were home. So when one of the six came, one of the six went home. And so, which means, besides there was a rotation of every month, a certain service that they served David and Melech, but there was also the rotation of that one month by David, he comes, that one goes home. So they're alternating every month. That's, that's what he learns. That you can, so similarly, it's for the Mitzvah to serve David and Melech, the king. So it's similarly for Torah, you can go one month home, one month away. Uh, one month uh, in the yeshiva, but you have to spend two months in the house. That's his breakup. We learned it from Shalom uh, Amelik when he was building the Beit HaMikdash. So he dispatched uh, 30,000 Jews to Lebanon in order to cut the cedar trees and you know, get involved with the preparations. So it says, right? They spent a month in Lebanon. And two months in the house. And she says, Which means there was 30,000 men that Shalom sent uh, to Lebanon. It says, 10,000 a month. Well, if you're sending 10,000 a month, so you have 30,000 people, 20, so therefore the other 20,000 could stay home, which means that each guy could stay home for two months. He's home for two months. By the time his turn comes, the rotation of that 10,000 comes, so already he's been home for two months. Now he goes. Right? He goes for a month. His rotation is not going to come around until two months because you have 30,000 people. So therefore, you see from that, 
that it was a one month uh, service in Lebanon and uh, two months at home. Uh, <coughs> that's the Yeshita of Yohanan. The Rav Rav that says one month. My Tamalu Amar Mehi Yakim doesn't learn from Shlomo Melech, right? Shani Binyan Bet Hamikdash the Efshar Al Yedei Ahidim. So he says Bet Hamikdash is different because you had thirty thousand men. So you could stay home for two months because somebody else is going to do the do the avodah. But she ain't can right. Right, she says, she the Rabbi Hanan, my Tamadu Amar, Nahi, also Rabbi Hanan, I can't even learn from the story of David Amelik, it was one month, one month. Shariatam di itli harvacha. says, here, over there the ladies don't care, because when you went to work for David Amelik, they came home with a paycheck, they got money. So therefore, for that, I'll tell you, Tawach, you don't care to let him go uh, for a month uh, and then leave. But Shainkin over here, he's going to the yeshiva. He's not making any money, he's not coming home with any money. So therefore, he, she wants him home for two months. Which means she'll be more hail to go for, uh, uh, to only stay home for a month and then go back, which is a short period of time to stay home, because she knows he's going to make money. So therefore, she's more hail, go, go. But she, in the case of Tamut Torah, uh, she, when, when she's going over there, he's not coming home with any money from the Tamut Torah. She wants him home for two months. So he's home for two months and he sends her away for one month. That's the Rabbi Yohanan. But she says, Shani Atam di it le harbacha. She ayun enin me beta melech. Then we get like a paycheck from the king. The ikar evach beta is profit that she gets. So he gets. The fich be kabilat alia. She be beta melech chodesh shahad mishte chodeshim. She doesn't give. Every other month is by the king. She kiman she's toschar. She gets mezonot. She gets mezonot. Marvichayim bitachshitim. She gets jewelry. But Tamut Torah mitzvah dileu. Tamut Torah is the husband's wife. Husband. She doesn't. She doesn't get it. She gets the mitzvah, of course. But uh, you know, doesn't not the parnasa. Amarav, Rav said, Anaha shoveret hatsi gufoshil adam. Anaha is like a, um, a woe when a person sighs. So a, a sigh of a person already is, is detrimental and already breaks half his body. Dangerous, not good. <clears throat> Why are we bringing this uh, subject? So she says already we had a mahalok and Rav and Rabbi Hanan just now with the two months and the one month, so we're bringing another mahalok and Rav and. Rabbi Yohanan by another item. Shnei Amar, what does the Pasuk say? This Pasuk is actually in Yehazkel. De'atah bin Adam he'anach b'shivron motnaim u'bimirirut te'anach le'enehim. So you see over it says, Ben Adam, te'anach be, you know, woe and make a sigh, motnaim, b'shivron motnaim, from the waist down. So that's already hatsiguf, because the motnaim is the waist. So you see, b'shivron motnaim, which means from the waist down, that's already where the body gets weakened. So you see that he was right when he said, "Anachasho veret atziyaguf." Rabbi Yehanan Amar, "Afkol gufu shel adam." It breaks the whole body, debilitates the whole body. Shnei Amar, pasuk also in Yehoshkel, ve'ayaki yimru elecha. And they're going to tell you, "Alma atani enach." What are you, what are you sighing for? Ve'amarta el shemua kiba, because we heard the news. Venames kol lev. All the hearts are going to melt. Venafu kol yadaim. All the hands are going to become weakened. Vechiata kol ruach. And all the spirit is going to become dim. Vechol berkaim telachna maim. And all the 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 legs are going to uh, to buckle as well. So you see what the whole body is uh, broken from a anaha. So comes the Gemara and says, Rabbi Yohanan amia kiti b'shibron motnayim. What is the Bible with the pasuk shivrom at time, which is mass, but it's only half the body, not the full body? Hai dechi matchila mimotnaim matchila. Just tell you where it starts from. It starts from the motnaim, but it eventually overtakes the whole body. Verav name aketiv v'namas kolev rafu kol yadam v'chiyata koruah. What is that with the pasuk that says when the zanachad, the whole body is affected? Shani shemuad the bet hamikdash. Because that prophecy was talking about the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash. The destruction of the Beit HaMikdash, on one size over the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash, that already even that one really breaks the whole body. He was talking about the other size. 
Uh, only problem is the Mefarshim ask that uh, Tosfot ask. What are you talking about? The pasuk that Rav wrote also was talking about the destruction of the Beit Hamikdash. So why does it only say Hatzigufo? Uh, so Tosfot answers that the first pasuk that Rav wrote was talking about when they're going to hear about the eventual destruction of the Beit Hamikdash. So on the eventual. And Anahaz, oh, it's going to be destroyed. Oh, that only breaks Hatsi Guf. But when it's actually destroyed, and you hear about it, that's already called Gufa. That's already what he was saying. That Shani Beta Mikdash, when you hear the actual news of the destruction, that breaks Gufa. But his pursuit of Hatsi Gufa was on the future situation. It was a goy and a Jew. They were walking, uh, they were walking together on the road. Together. Lo imtse oved kochavim l'seguye ba'adei Israel. The goy didn't have the stamina to keep up with the Jew. The Jew, Jew was walking very fast, and the goy couldn't keep up with him. He didn't have the omits, the strength. So what happened? Ad kereh horban betamikdash. So he reminded the Jew of the horban betamikdash. He figured he'll sigh. You know, he learned that the sighing breaks uh, half the body. He'll slow him down. Nagid Vietnam. Oh, so he stopped and he uh, like, uh, he sighed. And still, the goy couldn't catch up with him. Amar le, so the goy tells the other guy, the Jew, Lav amritu anahash ovedet atzigu foshel adam. That doesn't say that anahash breaks half the body. I figured you, you'll hear the bad news and uh, you'll uh, slow down. I'll be able to catch up to you. What's going on with you? That's only talking about on fresh bad news. But this is old news already we heard. Beit HaMikdash is old, uh, old destruction. We heard about it already. So we're used to it. Like, dash, dash, the Shenan, but we're used to it already. That therefore it doesn't have the same effect. The people say, that she says, Isha, a lady. The Malfesh, she's accustomed to she has miscarriages and she's accustomed to burying her babies. Which means if another one of her children dies, she doesn't get so uh, shocked because she's used to it already. So they're the same thing. We know about the destruction of Metamidash, it's old news and uh, therefore it doesn't affect us so much that it's gonna be breaking Hatsigu uh, for So we said a tayal he has tashmish every day. So the Gemara says, what is a tayal? My tayal. So different opinions here. That's the uh, students, as she says. Pirke meaning uh, the ones that go to the Perik, to the Yishi'ur. The rabbis in the town. Every day they go to the Yishi'ur and they come home. So since they're frequent in their house always, every night they're home, so therefore the uh, boys that come study by their rabbi in the city, they have to speak every day. Amad man What are you talking? Doesn't it say by these young scholars? The Pasukatini. You people, you businessmen, that wake up early in the morning. So waste the time waking up early in the morning to go make a living. And you uh, return. Right, you return to sit. Or you sit up. You sit up late. You stay up late. Right, you get up early in the morning and you stay up late at night working. And what ends up happening? You end up eating your bread with atzabim, uh, with worries and stress and anxiety. But God is going to give to his friend sleep. What does this mean? God is going to give to his friend sleep. This is referring to the wives of They push away sleep from their eyes in this world. Which means they wait up uh, all night um, in order to wait for their husbands, as she says. The boys stay in yeshiva till late at night. 
ושונים פרקם. עלמא בשעת שינה עודם בבית המג'נורת, ה-time of sleep. These guys are still in the yeshiva. ואת אמרת, יש להם פנאי לעונה בכל לילה? You said they have time for עונה every single night? Here it says what? That their wife's going to get rewarded. כן ייתן לדידו שינה. She's going to get rewarded for לדידו, for pushing away the sleep. Because they wait up for their husbands. But you see what? He gets home late at night. So how can you tell me he has an obligation of Tashmish every single night when he gets up, but he gets home very late? So we're back to the question, what is Tayyalim? V'at amat b'nei perkeh, Ela amar b'yeh, k'derav, d'amar rav k'gon rav Shmuel bar Shilat. Like people like rav Shmuel bar Shilat, who was a school teacher. He taught the children. D'achil medideh, he ate from his own, v'shateh medideh, and he drank from his own, and he slept in the shade of his palace. Palace is a euphemism, meaning he had a small little uh, dwelling, but there was like a palace. The tax collector of the government never knocked on his door because they know that what? He doesn't have any money. So, what are we really saying over here? Not necessarily that he was rich, but in his mind. He was comfortable. He didn't go after extras. He had his little house. He slid in the shade. He would work. Easy job. He would go teach, come home. He wouldn't uh, take money from anybody. And therefore, whatever money he had, a little money, he would eat from his own. He would spend his own money. And the tax collector, he wasn't even rich, so they wouldn't bother him, but he had an easy life. So the Maharsha is very significant over here. Maharsha says over here about uh, Rav Shmuel Bar Shilat. Right? He ate from himself. He ate from himself. He supported himself. Lefi shelabim sheoskim b'schorot rabot b'mamon shel ahirim. A lot of people that uh, a business making a lot of business, but they're living off the money of others. Umefazerim shel ahirim, and they're spending other people's money b'panasat betam to support their families, whether they're borrowing money from banks or they're taking out credit cards or loans, which means they're really not as rich as they they, they, they made out to be. Because a lot of the things that they have, it really doesn't belong to them. V'konim lahem batim hashuvim. And they buy for themselves homes from borrowed money. Ki'ilu im ashirim. And the people who think they're rich, but they're not really rich. Umitok shun nechshav le'osher gadol. Now, they give the impression that they're rich. So what does the king do? He goes to collect, collect the taxes. And a melech alav. Aval, amar, mi she'en olech begadul menu. Somebody lives according to their means. Ve'achal medideh. He makes little money. That's what he, he, he supports himself on what he makes. He doesn't live above his lifestyle. Ve'ganeh betulad afadeh. He lives in the shade of his, uh, of his house. He doesn't uh, look to borrow money to live uh, more fancy. So whatever you see, he owns. It's his. So the king is not honored. He's free. He doesn't have any pressures, this guy. Yeah, he lives according to his means, and therefore he's free every night. He doesn't go, uh, you have to pay back debt and uh, work an extra job and all that way. He makes a little money during the day, school teaching. At night he has time, so therefore his honor is a quality of lifestyle he enjoys. So he's not rich, but he lives a, uh, a tranquil lifestyle. And the rich guy, everybody thinks he's rich. Look how much money he's making. He doesn't have money. His car is not his. His house is not his. All his uh, assets are mortgaged out. And he has uh, credit card bills in up to the sky. So that's what I should say. That's, uh, and what? He doesn't have the money, but people think he has the money. And therefore they pressure him more, because they want uh, money that he doesn't have. So therefore the word tayalim, uh, just according to this, would be from the language of the Gemara, talela de'afadeh, he lives in the shade of his house. So tayalim ilashun talala, which is shade. Ki ata ravin amar kegon mefanke de ma'araba. Mefanke de ma'araba are those uh, people of Erish Israel that they eat and they drink, very healthy, they have a lot of strength to make tashmish every night. There was certain, I guess, strong uh, body, abled uh, people in Israel. So let's talk about them. They're the tayalim. They're tashmishes uh, every night. So Gemara says, Rababu Avakae Bebane. Okay, Rababu was in the uh, bathhouse. 
two servants that were holding him up from uh, you know, both sides. They were helping him walk in the bathhouse. So it seems the floor of the bathhouse caved through into the area where, let's say, the dirty waters, like the, the dirty waters would collect, so that they would fall into that uh, pit. So there was like a, a beam that was next to the uh, area where it caved in. So the rabbi, which was the rabbi, was able to clutch onto the beam. Salik, the askinu, he was able to not only save himself, but he was able to lift the two attendants that were helping him. So it shows how strong he was, Rabbi Abu. He was able to lift two abadim from falling in the uh, pit. He lifted them up to where he was standing by the Amud. The Kabbalah tells another story of the strength of the rabbis of Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Yohanan was walking up the steps. They had two aides that were helping him, you know, helping him walk. The step buckled, it collapsed underneath them. They were falling. Salik, he went, he lifted them up. He was able to lift both of them up with his hand. With one hand, he lifted them both up with his hand. He's very strong. So the rabbis tell him, If these people were so strong, What do they need attendance for to help them? They're, 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 they're very strong. What do they need help for? So Amadehu, so Yohanan says, What am I going to leave for when I'm old? Which means i got to preserve my strength. So therefore they help me now when I'm young, so when I get older I'll have some strength left over. Kavz Gebaran says, We said, Workers, uh, their obligation for the Tashmish, uh, we said, is twice a week. Just so you get an idea, what does we say, uh, workers? Workers is like the painters, uh, you know, people that work by day and come home at night, so on and so forth, builders and stuff like that. Now I want to point out, if I could just go, and just say one more insight on the previous coming before we go further. By Rav Shmuel Bar Shilat, he was a Tamid Hakam, but it says his Tashmish was every night. Now the Chana Tamid Hakam, I thought they stay up all night learning, and their wives wait up for them at night. So what's going on? So I saw the Mefarshim of your answer that who's saying this Dafla? He says that not a school teacher. Because a school teacher has to get up early and has to have strength to teach the children. He can't stay up all night and learn. So therefore, they would get home a little early and take the night off. So therefore, they were, you know, they were, they were able to be free to be with their wives. Last point that the says, We have a stira. We have a bride that says that the workers, it's only uh, once a week. It depends where they're doing the work. Now she says, if they're doing the work, they're working local. So then already, they come home every night, so then already the speech is going to be uh, twice a week. Okay? However, if they're doing the work, even though they come back every night, but they're tired. Because since they're traveling outside the city, so even though they're home every night, they're tired from the roads, so they're not obligated to have a tashmish every night. So the Gavara brings a bright to support this. Tanya The workers, twice a week. That's when they work locally. So they come home every night, so the tashmish is twice a week. But if they work in a different city, so then already it is once a week. The Gemara continues. We learned that a hamarim, a hat b'shabbat, that somebody is a um, a donkey driver. So since he only is home, uh, he's home once a week. So his obligation to his wife is ona is once a week. He has to be with his wife once a week. So the Gemara said also that if a person is a uh, a, uh, a worker. A po'el, so a po'el, his obligation is twice a week. And the Gemara said that if, or the Mishnah even said that if a person made a nidir, for example, he said that uh, he is going to abstain from having an'ah from the tashmish for a week. 
So according to Metalil, okay, for a week that's considered a good neder. More than that, then already it's not considered a good neder, and um, therefore he has to get divorced, because he cannot re- refrain his wife from Tashmish more than a week. So the Gemara is going to ask a question, seemingly, that's referring to uh, the situations where the Tashmish of the lady is for about that time. So, for example, a Po'el that usually is with the husband two times a week, so therefore, with the wife, two times a week, so therefore, if they make a neder, uh, that I'm going to refrain uh, for a week, it's time, okay, so that's already, uh, uh, it's okay. But in a case where, let's say you have a uh, hamar, where uh, it's only once a week, or you have a gamal, uh, a camel driver, where it's 30 days, once every 30 days. So that vow shouldn't mean anything. If a person says, I'm going to refrain for a, uh, for a week, what's the difference? Which when it comes to the gamal, Anyway, the, the, her onaz once in thirty days, so we have to limit that vow to certain uh, certain people. I mean, that vow is not going to apply to every single uh, single case. So the Gemara says, okay. Which means, the Tana was sotim. It said, Amadir et ishto. Right? A person makes a vow against his wife. Betelel omrim Shabbat Ahat. En lo lomar zot, lo besapan. Obviously, it doesn't apply to sailors. So anyway, that Tashmish is once every six months. Velo begamal, which is once every 30 days. Velo behamar, which is once a week. Velo betamideh hakamim. Share afa hamar, the hamar himself on a toah had beshabbat. Ubeshvil yom echad yotzivi tiketuba, which means if a guy makes a neder, I'm refraining my wife from the Tashmish one week and one day. So, right, according to the Mishnah, the deen is divorce, no ketuba. I'm sorry, divorce and give her a ketubah? Right, because he went one over the uh, the expiration of his uh, onah, which is by a hamar. He has to do it once a week. Right, so if he makes a neder one week and one day, the Mishnah is going to be so strict to penalize him that he has to get a get, a, get, get, get ushin and ketubah. So it obviously doesn't apply to a hamar either. Hare onatom shiva'am shiva'a, which means uh, the hamar anyway, so every seven days. Because she can gamal the sapam and bechem. Do not apply to this rule. Okay, the tayal that the Tashmish we said is every day. Also, then already when you say I'm refraining a week, that's already you're taking away something from a. Or let's say a poil, which is twice a week, but then already you say that's already uh, he's taking away something. So the Gemara just saying that what? The Mishnah was sotem for only two cases. The Mishnah was sotem for the tayal case and the poil case. But that rule of the week. Refraining from Tashmish does not apply to all the other dinim in the uh, in the Mishnah. So comes the Gemara and says, "Amar le lo akulehu." He says, "No, this neder applies to all the cases." That she akulu nami kamar da yidin neder yoter mishabat. Ahat lo. That once he makes a neder to refrain from Tashmish more than a month, I'm sorry, more than a week, so already it's considered uh, uh, he has to give her a divorce and he pays her the ketubah. So the Gemara says, What are you talking? The Sapan, he doesn't have to be with her only one in six months. So how can you tell me that after he makes a neder that he's refraining for one week, that he's going to have to divorce her? If he, if he didn't make the net, he's only going with her once every six months anyway. So the Gabbara gives us Sevara. Eno dome, mishiyesh lo pat besado, the mishi eno pat besado. You can't compare somebody that literally has his bread in the basket, and somebody doesn't have the bread in the basket. What is the Sevara? That's she. Eno dome, li anyan ta'anit, mishiyesh lo, which means the Gabbara fast day. My guy's fasting the whole day. If he knows he has bread in his basket for the breaking of the fast, so he can make it. Now he knows, he, 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 even though he can't eat now, but he knows uh, he has, he's covered. But Sheikh, if doesn't have the bread in his basket, so it's very difficult for the basket, because he doesn't know what he's going to do. Afghan, below neder, when the guy doesn't make a vow, she's always thinking, even though he's a sailor, 
That's why we know it's a six-month situation. But listen, he can always come early. So she always has a bread in the basket. There's a chance he can come early and the Tashmish can be uh, early. Once already he makes the nid that she doesn't anticipate husband anymore. She's, even if he shows up, but he's not going to show up because uh, he made an edit against. So therefore, it's the psychological uh, 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 thing that the, the, the lady thinks. And therefore, even if a, a person makes an edit for more than a week and she's married to a sailor, still the dean is, you're not allowed to do such a thing. And therefore, if he did, it's considered you're refraining from your wife what's coming to her, and therefore she can ask for a divorce, and you would have to pay her a ketubah. Aye, what do you mean? Anyway, you wouldn't be with her for six months. doesn't matter. Because she anticipates. Once already make the net that you anticipate the fact that you took away, and for her, and therefore, uh, the, the, the Mishnah applies to all the scenarios. We thought originally the dean applied uh, to only two cases, the tayalim, and the uh, and the, the Paalim. But the Mishnah said a stam statement. The Mishnah didn't say Tafka Tayalim and Paalim. So the Gemara's question was, well, you, you made a statement, a stam statement, and it only applies to the to two out of the cases. Because no, it really applies to all the cases, huh? No, no, it, no, because it doesn't, Mr. Bera, she says, that if the lady's Tashmish is once a week, and you reframed her by one day, you said, I'm making a day that for one week and one day, that everybody she can ask for a divorce, and she gets a ketubah. For going over one day, that's not considered such a gross... Uh, 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 no. We, we, right, which you two twice a week, and already you're taking it away none a week, then already you can start hearing it. But the once a week, and you went a week and a day, that already is a, a, little, uh, a, little, a little too extreme. Uh, certainly when it comes to the other cases. Comes the Gemara and continues... Interesting case. Person, lady, when she got married, he was a hamar. Hamar meaning he was a donkey driver, and therefore his tashmish was once a week. And then what happened? He got upgraded to a gamal. Now already he is working in the camel uh, driving business and he uh, only comes home once every 30 days. So now the question is like this. Uh, is he allowed to do that? Because now he's taken away from his wife. She's used to having him once a week. Now already it's only once, uh, once a month. So, uh, so what do you do in such a case? As she says, Hamar ben Asagamal Mai, Niset lo kishu hamo hamar. Mahu li'asot gamal shelo birishut. That's the question, which means, of course, if she gives him permission, he should do whatever, whatever he wants. But just can he, can he, can he change his industry where it's going to affect her tashmish without getting a permission? Well, what's the question? As she says, Well, the gamal makes more money. So does she want the ona or does she want the money? That's the, that's the she'ilah over here. So the gamala says, my. Amarles, I told him, Rotsa isha bekavitiflut me'asara kabin ufrishud. A lady would rather have one measure of panasa, right? Vitiflut, but she's able to be with the husband. Me'asara kabin, instead of having ten measures of panasa, ufrishud, but abstention. So the Gemara is saying, at least here in the Gemara, that the lady would rather the husband's time than the panasa. Ah, you can ask a question. We learned yesterday's daf, the exact opposite. We learned yesterday that when it came to David and Melech's workers, so it said they worked one month by David and they went, uh, one month they went home. So we said, uh, why are the ladies uh, so uh, prone to let their husbands uh, every other month go away? So he said, because they're willing to be mochel their time because David and Melech would pay them. So to get Padnasa, so they were willing to give, for, for giving up, give up their onat, so the husband come home with a, with a, with a, with a paycheck. Oh, but he's seeing the opposite. So Tosfot asked this question. So that Tosfot answers, Tema, tap Tosfot, Amina, Ne'el, Shaniyatam, Di'itli, Warvaha, Veshem, Avodat, Amelich, Ikar, Vehatefeh. Which means, could be it was a big paycheck. Which means, over here we're talking about, like, uh, the difference between a Hamar and a Gamal is not so uh, substantial. So therefore, it's not willing to give up for the raise to lose the money. But if it's a substantial amount of money, like the case in David Amela, she's willing to give up the, uh, the time. So it really depends on how much money we're talking about. But I continue. The Sapanim, Ahat Lishisha Hodashim, Devre Rebili Aizir. So the Sapanim, those are these sailors. So we said that their Tashmish is once every six months. 
That's according to Shittah Rabbi Yaizer. Amar Abruna, Amar Rav Alacha, Kerbi Yaizer. Amar Rav Adabraba, Amar Rav Zud, Rabbi Yaizer. She has all these uh, opinions of when the Ona is, that's following Shittah Rabbi Yaizer. Aval, which means the Mishnah that said all these uh, times of the Ona that said Rabbi Yaizer. Aval, Hakamim Omanim, but the rabbis come along and say, Atal Midim. Yotzim le'talmud Torah bet ve'gimel shanim shelo bereshut. She's one of the shitot in the Mishnah was Rabbi Yehazar again that said a talmid is married, he can go even without asking permission from his wife for thirty days. That's without even permission. If he gets permission, then already he can go even more. But without even asking, he can go for thirty days to go study Torah. So the Gemara says that's shitat Rabbi Yehazar. But Hachamim come along and say a talmid hakam shelo bereshut. He can even go from two to three years without asking permission. Amar Rava, Samchu Rabbanan Adarav Adab Bar Ahava, which means the rabbis they rely on Rav Adab Bar Ahava's leniency to go for two or three years at a time, even without getting the permission from their wives. However, Ve'avde Ovda Benavshayu, but it sometimes it costs them their lives. Which means, even though halakhically it's permissible, but it's not advisable. Because you'll see some of the stories now where the rabbis went for an elongated period of time without getting permission from their wives, and Hazrat uh, Shalom, it caused them to die. Which means you can have something that's legally permissible, but uh, it doesn't mean it's mitzvah uh, to do it. It doesn't mean it's advisable. And therefore, even though the rabbis were in no hey, to do this, to go two or three years out of a time, maybe even more, but avdi uh, ovdat ben afshayu. It cost them sometimes their life. Kiyad Rav Rehume. Story of Rav Rehume. Havashchiyah kameh derava b'mechoza. So he was accustomed to learning with the Rava in the city of Mechoza. Havaragil dava atel bete kol ma'ale yomadichipure. He would show up every year erif kipur. That's when he would come home. Stay all year long in the yeshiva. Erif kipur he comes home. Yomachad mashachte shemachta. So the limud was drawn out. He got caught up in his learning. And uh, he didn't realize the uh, the time, and uh, he didn't end up coming home. <laughs> so his wife was mitzapal, uh, as she says. She was anticipating. She knows Erev Kippur, he comes home. So she's waiting for her husband. She kept on saying, he's coming now, he's coming now. No ata. He didn't see it in surface. Halaj So she started to feel bad. Ahid ma'ina. One tear came down from her eye. She started to cry. Habayati Bekra husband. was sitting on the roof. He was learning Torah. If in the attic, if heat what happened? The floor gave and fell. And he died. So you see over here, because bottom line he was uh, the tsar of his uh, wife. He was mitsa'ira. And therefore, uh, you see, even though he got permission, he, you know, he went for a year's time, but when he did show up uh, at the time that she was anticipating, he called his wife Samsad, so therefore it was at, at the expense of his own life. Just worthy to point out the interpretation of Chaim Shmulevitz on this Gemara that says that you see over how strict the uh, punishment is Barmanan on a, an infraction. Here, Rav Rehumi unintentionally uh, affected his wife, which means he got caught up in his learning. He didn't do it intentionally not to show up on the of Yom Kippurim. And his wife made one uh, tear. As a result of the tsa'ad that he caused her, it was an uh, immediate death. Says Rav even though she also got punished as a result of this, because she lost her husband. And the way the rabbi says it is, if on a little delay, she started to cry. Could you imagine now that Saad, that she knows her husband's not coming back conclusively? But the rabbi explains it is that it's not necessarily a punishment. But God said it in the nature of the world. That just like if a person jumps into a fire, even if he does it unintentionally, he gets burnt. <clears throat> so too, whenever somebody commits an infraction of ben adam l'chadero, whether it's intentionally or not intentionally, there's a, the person gets burnt. So therefore, it's not necessarily a punishment to the Chomei. He didn't mean it. It wasn't unintentionally. But a, a fire burns unintentionally as well. And that's, um, that shows how, how severe it is. The Gebrat tells another story 
or fact. What is the ona? What is the time for tamidachamim? Which means how many, how much uh, uh, time they, must they spend with their wives? So Which means once a week, the custom was the hachamim would stay in the yeshiva. And even if they would come home, they'd come home very late at night <coughs> from the yeshiva. So the Torah is not matriach to tamidachim to have tashmish more than once a week. Friday is uh, Shabbat menucha. They come home, they rest. So therefore, it's from erev Shabbat to erev Shabbat. <coughs> so the Gemara quotes a pasuk from Tehilim: Asher perio yeten beito, which means the fruit comes out at the right time. Amar of Yehuda, v'etimar of Huna, v'etimar of Nachman. Zeh mishemish mitato neerev Shabbat, neerev Shabbat. Periyok nosmin over here, the seed. The seed of a person is uh, the peri, is his offspring, is his seed. So therefore it's saying, Ashir periyo yiten b'ito. He gives his peri in its proper time. What's the proper time? Le'el Shabbat. That's the honor of Tabideh Chachamim. Comes the Gemara and continues, Yehuda b'red rafhiya hataneh d'rabiyanai. Uh, Yehuda, the son of Rabbi Hayah, was the son-in-law of Rabbi Anai. Hava azid v'yativ bebe Rav. He would sit in the bed midrash of Rav. Vechol b'shemsheh, every Friday, Hava ateh lebete. He would come uh, He would come home, once a week. Vichi hava ateh, when he would come home, Hava kahaze kameh, you would see in front of the rabbi, Amuda denura. There was like a pillar of fire that would be in front of the rabbi, uh, the Kiddushah, and everybody knew he was coming home. You saw the fire, you knew the rabbi was on his way home. So one Friday he got caught up in his learning, so he didn't come up. So the sign, the uh, pillar of fire wasn't uh, evident, wasn't there. So Rabbi Yanai, his father-in-law said, Kafu mitato. Turn over the beds. That was a sign of mourning. In the olden days, one of the things they used to do in the morning, they used to turn over the beds. So he said, Rabbi Anai, turn over the beds. Because if he was alive, lo bitel onato. He would not have missed his uh, time for coming home, his ona. And therefore, if he didn't show up, must be he's dead. Habai kishkaga shalit. It was like a mistake that came out of the the master's mouth, which means uh, it wasn't true. He was alive, Yehuda, uh, the son-in-law. But what? Once Avianai said, "Turn over the beds," must be he's dead. So he died. Which means over here, the Mefarshim point out that the speech of a person is a very powerful weapon or powerful tool. Speech is a um, product. Of the soul, a person's neshama is the part of the person that gives him the ability to speak. As the pasuk says in Sefer Bereshit, "Vehiya Adam le nefesh haya," and uh, Targum explains nefesh haya means ruach. Targum says ruach memalela. A person they became a man that had the ability to speak. So speech is a is a manifestation of the soul. So it's, it's spiritual. So when a person says something, even though he might not uh, mean it, but it said it, it's like a knife. Pasuk says in Mishleh, Life and death is at the end of the tongue. So he didn't mean to kill his son in law, he just said, there must be he's dead. He said it? He was marrying off his son. To the family of Rabbi Hayah. So he took Rabbi Hayah's uh, daughter. When they came to write the Ketubah, The bride died. Amar Rabbi, so Rabbi said, Maybe somebody over here in our families, one of the families over here is Pasul. Which is, why did God do this? Why did God cause the bride to die right before the wedding? Maybe something's wrong with the the families here. So yatibu ve'inu b'mishpachot. They started to make uh, analyzing the families, the ancestry of both families. Rabbi ate mishpatya ben Avital. 
Rabbi's family came from Shifachab and Abital, which was from David Amelech's family. That's David Amelech's wife. So he was a descendant from from her. Or from uh, that was Rabbi. Want to see the Shifachab and Abital, which was exactly Eshet David. Shifachab was the son of David Amelech from Abital. David was married to Avital, that is son called Shifatya. So the B's family is a direct descendant from David Amelech. Rabihiyah's family, they came from Shim'i, the brother of David. So it was incompatible. Because Rabbi was considered Malchut, Malchut bin David, and Rabihiyah did not have the Malchut. So nobody was pasul over here. But it wasn't proper for somebody to marry into David and Rabbi's family that was not also from the royal, uh, the royal lineage. As he also he went, So he went, he married off his daughter to the family of Rabbi Yosef ben Zimra. So she gave him, and they made up, that he can go to study in the yeshiva for 12 years. So what happened? Uh, they brought the potential bride in front of Rabbi's uh, son, the Hatan. He's okay, we'll make it six years. So how beautiful she was. So he said, okay, six years. So they brought her again in front of him a second time. Let me get married first, and then I'll go to the yeshiva. But he was embarrassed from his father. How's he going to tell his father? He was going to go study for 12 years, now already, first he wants to get married, and then he's going to go. So he was embarrassed to tell his father about this situation. Bini. Listen, you're okay? You're following the way of Bore Olam. You're following the way of your Creator. What did it say originally? Bore Olam says, so to speak, the marriage of Klai Yisrael, I'm going to bring you into Eretz Yisrael. I'm going to bring you into Eretz Yisrael and plant you into Eretz Yisrael. And what? And what? Right? And we're going to build the Beit HaMikdash, the Shekhinah is going to come down in Klai Yisrael. So that God was planning the uh, wedding ceremony, so to speak, not until we get into Israel. But God couldn't wait. God says, you know what? Build the, build the Mishkan already in the Midbar. I'm not waiting for the Beit HaMikdash in Israel. So you see what? Uh, God wanted to marry Klai Yisrael uh, immediately. What you see over here, that from the Mashal that he was giving, you see the intent of Rabbi's son. Rabbi's son wanted to get married in order to build a Mishkan. That was his whole purpose, to bring Shekhinah into the Bayit, which was on a, on a, uh, uh, a man and wife get married, they get married with the right to Shalom Bayit, so it says, So you see, it wasn't for lust or things like that. He saw that she has a potential that he can build Bayit name on the Israel, that's why the father said, yeah, this is like Borei Olam. Because she asked herself, what's the connection to Bore Olam? This is about building the Beit HaMikdash, this is about getting married. The explanation is no. His whole intention in the getting married was what? To Shekhinah, to, uh, to come down. So he wanted to rush it. He wants to build the Beit HaMikdash earlier. Israel, he went. Good. So what happened? Uh, he sat 12 years in the yeshiva. Ad de betu. In the interim, his wife became Akara. She became barren. It happens sometimes, see, if a lady doesn't have Tashmish for 10 years, it's possible for her to become an Akara. So by the time he got back, she already was barren. She was not able to bear children. Amar Rabbi, Hechi Na'bid. What are we going to do now? The father, Rabbi, the sons. Rabbi was the father. He said, what are we do now in this situation? Nigarsha. As for divorce? Yomru aniyazu lashav shimra. Be halud Hashem. The people are going to say, this poor lady over here, this miskena, she waited for husband for nothing. Here she's sadeket. She waited for husband 12 years in yeshiva. Comes home, now she's barren, they get divorced. It's not, she's a poor, poor lady. She waited, uh, she waited for nothing. 
So comes the Gemara and says, "Ninsiv itita hariti." Oh, let him marry another lady. Yomru zu ishto ishto vezu zonato. It's not going to be nice. The people are going to say, "Oh, wow, this is his wife, and this is his, uh, you know, the like the, uh, the concubine, and something like that." Which means what? This is the the, the wife that he has, and he has another wife for like for tashmish. It's not going to look good. So he prayed for her. The itziat, she got better, and uh, they didn't want to, I guess, you know, make miracles if they didn't have to. So first he looked at his options: a divorce is not an option. Second wife's not going to look good. So people are going to say, "What? You, took a, you have a regular wife, and you have another wife for uh, tashmish just because she's married. You can't have uh, children. That's not uh, not good." So therefore, he decided to pray. Kabbara tells Maase uh, a story: Rabbi Hananya ben Hachinai. Havak Azil Liberav. Hanan Hakinai was going to the Yeshiva of Rav. Bishilhe Elulad Rabishimon Ben Yohai. It was at the time at the end of the Shiva Berachot of Rabishwam Ben Yohai. So Rabishwam Ben Yohai got married. So he had a week of uh Shiva Berachot. So you see what? At that time, right towards the end of the week, then Hanan Hakinai decided to go back to the Yeshiva. So Rabbi Shimon and Yochai says, Wait uh, till my Shiva Barakot finish and I'll go back to the Shiva with you. He did not uh, wait. He said, I'm going now. As Ali went, He sat in the Shiva of Hananyam and Hachinai for 12 years. By the time he came home, they changed the streets and the roads in the city. So they didn't know how to get back to his house. The, all the, the roads changed. They didn't know how to get home. So when he sat by the banks of the uh, river, he heard a certain lady, she was calling, she was calling, hey, daughter of Hachinai, daughter of Hachinai, male kultach veta nizil, which means uh, fill fill your jug with some water, to a bottle of water. Bat Hachinai, fill your uh, jug with water and come. Hamas ma'mina hay rabita didan. That must be my wife. She's calling uh, the daughter. So that must be that's my wife. Azal batra. Good, so he followed her. Hava yativa debitu. The wife was uh, sitting, or maybe the the, the 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 girl. I guess the girl is what was he? He knew that was his daughter, so he followed his daughter home. Rabita is the daughter, yeah. right? So he, he followed the daughter home to, to the house. When he got to the house, hava yativa yedivitu. She was sitting his wife. Kanahalakimha. She was. Doing something with the flour. Sieving? Yeah. Okay, sieving the flour. Sifting it, okay. So what happened? Dal She lifted her eyes up. Almost as she sees her husband there. Savelibah, which means the her heart gave. It was too sudden the shock that she saw her husband. So it says, Uparah Ruha. Anishama left her. Amar the Fanab, so Rab Harina said the Bonoshan Olam Aniyazu Zeshara. This is her reward. She waited for me for twelve years when I was studying in the Shiva. Now she should come home and die like this. He prayed and uh, he was able to make Tihayatamitim. They see one point about this story which should be noted. Of course, you see the miracle of Tihayatamitim that the rabbis were able to accomplish, which is an amazing point. You see something else over here. That shouldn't be taken for granted. Rav Hanina bin Hakina is going to the Yeshiva. Rabbi Shimon bin Yochai tells him, Wait, I'll go with you. So he says, no, 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 I can't, I can't wait, uh, I'm going today. You still have Shiva Berachot, you know, another day or two. I'm going now. Now, you say, here you have an opportunity to learn with Abishu Amin Yochai. 
Mishra Mishra was the greatest rabbi of his time. So a normal person would say, you know what, it's worth it for me to delay my uh, leaving to the yeshiva for one or two days. Uh, I can go, maybe maybe come to Havrul Tayyar and Mishra 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 And he's not going for one week or two weeks. You see, he's going for 12 years. So what's the difference if it's 12 years or 12 years and a day? So from here the Ba'alei Musar say that there's a difference. Once you can get back to the yeshiva, you go right away. Even if it means you're going to give up a havruta like Rabbi Shimon ben Yohai, you go back. Why? Because you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. Right now you have a chance to go back, you're going to go study, you go immediately. You don't mevatel Torah because once already you're going to give the Yetzirah, even a good excuse to delay your studying, one Tiridah leads to another Tiridah. So you see, I'm not going to say, listen, 12 years, 12 years, I'll start tomorrow. I'm going to more than a decade. No, I'm going tomorrow. You don't mevatel even a second of the limud. And you see also, I think they tell the story of the Hazun Ish, that one time he was, um, you know, he was at a Brit Milah, maybe in Yerushalayim or something with Sadak. So one of the boys from Bnei Berak was there. So he tells the kid from Bnei Berak, what are you doing here? He says, uh, the Brit. He says, you're the Sadak, I'm the Sadak. You're Moher, you're not the Moher. So what's, what's your, what do you mean? It's Mitzvah. He says, what do you mean Mitzvah? He says, yeah, you gotta go learn. So the boy said, oh, okay, okay, I'm here now. He says, no, 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 go back. What do you mean? Let me just wait for the Bnei Bilai. He says, no, you'll get back to Bnei Bilai 20 minutes earlier. Study 20 minutes more of Torah. You're not supposed to be here. What, what, what are you doing? He's like, you're here already. <laughs> you get back earlier. So you see the Gedolei Yisrael, you don't delay, if you're not supposed to be where you are, you're supposed to be studying, so there's no Hashbonot. Go, go study. Don't, uh, don't, don't, don't delay. That continues. Rabbi Hama Bar Bisa Azil Yativ Tresare Shanim Bibimidresha, he sat 12 years in Yeshiva. Kiata, they say why 12 years? Why all these always pick 12 years? They explain it because there's Shisha Sedarim. So what they would do is they would spend two years per Seder in order to study the Nishtayot uh, and the Gemariot. So it was a 12 year program to go through the entire Shas. Kiata, Amar, <coughs> so when he came over 10, 12 years, he said, I'm not going to do make the same mistake that Ben Hachinai made. I'm not going to go just surprise my wife and shock her. So he went, he sat in the Bet Midrash. And he sent message to his wife that uh, he's coming home. So his son, Yativ came sat in front of his father. The father did not know it was his son. So he was asking him questions on his learning. Uh, which means the son was asking the father, you know, uh, he saw this, this boy's a very sharp boy, he knows his, uh, he knows his stuff. So the rabbi got a little uh, depressed, he got a little upset. Why? If I would have stayed home and raised my child, maybe I would have had a son like this. Which means uh, this kid's great, but my son could have been like this. If I would have stayed home and learned with him, he could have been great too. Let's say he went home. So the son walked in. Now he doesn't know that it's his son again. He thought he's coming back to ask him another question. So come, come in. So he got up in front of him to, to go ask, to answer the boy's question. He thought he's coming to ask him a question. So the wife says to him, What do you mean? Since when do we ever see that a father stands up for his son? Oh, so Rami Barhamas said on such a so story, That when you have the the third generation of Torah, when you have a, a, a thread of three that's doubled over, or tripled over, it doesn't rip that fast, because it's fortified three times, you can't break the thread that fast. Which means, here we see three generations in one family of Torah. And who was that? Zerav Oshayah Bar Bisa. Which means you had Bisa, 
you add the Bihama and you add the Bihosha'ya. Three generations in one family of Torah. And the rule is, the Pasuk says, Lo yamushu mepicha, mepizaracha, mepizerazaracha. That if any family can boast three consecutive generations of Torah, guarantee that the Torah will not leave that family. Torah will remain in that family forever. So therefore he said over here, you see that not only the Bisar of Oshaya, but his uh, son, uh, actually the son of Oshaya, uh, the son of Hamad, the son of Rabisa, had Torah. That's what it's called. Baruch Amen.